Oh, I better turn my um, little my computer on to do not disturb so all the tweeters don't tweet at me. <laughs> By the tweeters, I mean like the people, all the people wanting to text me. Anyway, Ashley, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a uh, Boda Box Rosé uh, with a straw. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm Ashley. And I'm Susanna. And, and I- you're in. No! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> outtakes, outtakes. Ashka's trying to inter- insert herself into the intro. All right, we'll try that one again. Uh, you get your own intro, baby. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm Ashley, and I'm Susanna, and you're in the, the wet seat. And uh, we're going to talk to you about sex and stuff. Yeah, if that's okay with you. Yeah, we like to talk about um, sex and stuff. Who do we have this week, Ashley? Well, Susanna, uh, we have someone who literally has my name. Ashley. Uh, <laughs> um, for the like, for our listeners, uh, we will refer to her as Ashgov throughout the entire podcast, so no one gets confused. Um, but welcome onto the wet seat, Ashgov. Yeah, thank you. Tell us, Happy to be here. Tell us who you are. What? What's? Tell us a little, a little something about yourself. Who are you? What do you like to do? Oh. What do you like to um, fuck? <laughs> uh my fucking preference is uh one specific person oh nice nice. (laughs) that's that's pretty rad it's pretty boring oh Uh, boring yikes boring for you mean in terms of diversity i would think yeah for sure for sure not boring for me Mm -hmm. which is a fun thing apologies if there are um some clink clinks happening we're drinking uh, g and t's with ice cubes g and flat teas anyway um fucking preferences one person yeah currently anything else we should know about you oh i do a lot of things but i don't have a career yet Yes. Sounds good. Or, or currently. <laughs> I don't even know that yet is the right word. Like, yeah, I don't, you may I don't have had careers have already. <laughs> I currently have many areas of dabbling. Ashko. Ashley. I need you to I need you to tell me though, have you listened to the wet seat? I have listened to the wet seat. Um, would you call yourself an avid listener of the wet seat? I have listened to every episode, I think. Yeah. That's great. I Do you have a avid. favorite episode? Wow. Wow, we should get you a trophy. Oh. <laughs> hey, 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 that's a low bar. I would love a trophy. <laughs> We're going to have to hand out a lot of trophies. Yeah, there are a lot of listeners out there. I think who have listened to all of them. I but so. I'll represent them. Um, this is the incentive. <laughs> uh, we give everyone who listens to everyone a trophy. Um, I'm going to say that's not fucking not putting that on the record, <laughs> but sure. We were like thinking about how, uh, you know, this is our second season. And we we're thinking about things that we haven't talked about yet. And I was wondering if you would be interested in going on a little journey with us that we've never actually taken on the wet seat before, <gasps> which is uh, literally take us from sex birth to now. <gasps> Your exhaustive sexual history, my dear. <laughs> and it's a good one. I think you're a good candidate. There have been lots of ups and, and I don't know if I would call them downs, but lots of, a it's like a sign curve. It has, wow. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Much like the female orgasm. Ugh, kinda. <laughs> that kind of raises the question for me though. Like, what would you consider your like if I were to say like what's your first sex memory milestone, what would you choose as that milestone? Oh my god, I can't wait. That's a great question. Um Were you oh, an infant? Man. <laughs> I was not an infant. Um I guess 
you know, growing up, I did a thing in bed where I crossed my legs like one or two times a year. Oh, yeah, we love that. And yeah, we all love that. Ye old seven-year-old masturbation. Yeah, and I don't know when it started, and I had no idea it was masturbation until yeah. I was oh, like, yeah. probably 19, maybe. Wow. So it doesn't ring as like my first sexual experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I knew that it felt good, but I had no idea that it was stemming from, right. from my like, clitoris. pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, oh man, I think that my first sexual experience was my sexual assault. Fuck. Yeah. And not that my sexual assault was like, uh, like super involved with many sex organs even really. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, obviously colored the journey for sure, uh, which we'll get to. But wow, it does make sense that that would be like kind of the foundation point. Mm. And then, uh, well, wait, yeah, let's, let's flush. Do you want to like, I feel like we can have callbacks just like a, like a, but do you want to kind of unpack the experience, but why you think it's so like foundational and like why you chose that moment? Well, um, a conversation that I had sort of recently with, um, a straight dude that I feel comfortable with, which is, uh, for a period of time felt really, really rare and sort of impossible and is becoming like a bit more common Mm -hmm. now. Um, Mm -hmm. And he asked me, he had, he knew about my sexuality, which is like queer. And he knew, he found out that I had been sexually assaulted and he, in a way that I wasn't offended by, he asked if that, at all affected like wanting to have sex with women and Mm -hmm. not wanting to have sex with men and I realized that I think that it did in a way that I haven't wanted to talk about because it feels like invalidating my queer identity Mm -hmm. um I think a lot of people would see it as offensive for sure you saying that out loud I'm like I feel like that's like a something that a lot of people assume that like lesbians only like women because they something terrible must have happened you know in their lives and and yet I know a lot of women who are attracted to women who've struggled with this very question who have experiences of sexual assault and have struggled with this exact dynamic of like does and if it does how does that inform my current sexuality for sure and what I've come to terms with is first of all I'm not attracted to women because of that Mm -hmm. but I think the role that it does play is that I need to feel comfortable in order to be open to any kind of sexual experience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's so much more difficult for me to be comfortable with a man especially in a sexual setting so I don't think it's impossible for me to have good sex with men um and I don't think it invalidates any of the relationships or sexual experiences I've had with women, but it's been really weird to realize that that is a factor in a way that I was kind of spooked to come to terms with. Yeah. Hmm. Does, it just makes me, I'm like trying to think back to, um, uh, what's funny is like, I feel like a lot of people have the kind of foundational experience that you're talking about where, they feel the need to, they have to be safe 
in situations. And uh, it's funny that like, I think a lot of people have those experiences and then they just internalize it as this is normal. And I think we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Kai about masculinity Yeah. Uh, in that, like, I think it's almost expected that like there is pain associated with sex <laughs> right. and there mm-hmm. is emotional, like, uh kind of like vulnerability but in not a positive way right yeah hmm. so i i think that's kind of i I would just i would assume that that would be if that was like kind of the foundation of experience uh that's just a lot of fear as a foundation but like did you think of the, of that as normal were you like oh this is just how th- this is how i'm supposed to feel or this is what i should expect Um, it took me years to identify the sexual assault as sexual assault. So yeah, I I for sure normalized it, like, particularly that night, particularly like, the days following, particularly in the ways that I communicated it to my friends. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that I assumed uh, that, that it was normal and not notable. And yeah. I think uh somewhere where I started to realize that I had a different relationship with sex than the people around me was mm-hmm. when I had been dating my high school boyfriend for oh, we'd been dating for like a year and a half before we were going to college. Um and we were going to college in the same city and we were mm-hmm. very much in love and it was very much assumed that we would stay together, which we did for another year and a half. And Mm -hmm. with all of these assumptions, I like verbalized in an, in an assumptive way, like, oh, and then like, we'll probably have sex like a little bit before we go to college and whatever. And he was like, you think so? Cause I don't. And he, and he wanted to, (laughs) and he was just referencing the fact that I was not invested in like any (laughs) of the spectrum of sex acts that we were like Hmm. trying to edge near. Hmm. Pun not intended. We weren't edging. <laughs> <laughs> so was that was that boyfriend your first like relationship after this after like your first milestone? Um, let's see. Uh, Sixteen was all. No, I uh, dated a very cool, cute boy for Ooh. six months. <laughs> the thing that our listeners, dear listeners, should know about Ashgov is that she is a very enthusiastic gal who is so cute that she has had so many love affairs. And I, and I, and I use love affairs like loosely loosely (laughs) um so many love affairs over the years I just wanted to throw that out because um you are one of the people in my life who I think uh loves with a kind of frequency that is mind-boggling to me (laughs) really what do you mean I mean you fall in love like every other day yeah yes yeah when we talk about your romantic past, there are so many figures present. And I, that is because I 
am so sensitive to like small dynamics, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't blip on most of these people's radars. Like most of these people that you are referencing are like <laughs> people that I, like a lot of them are people I didn't even kiss and they were just like hugely important to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's fair, man. I always talk about like my first uh, relationship. Um, I think of it as so uh, crucial and important to my life, but I'm also constantly talking to people about how like we broke up because he touched my butt (laughs) and Jesus Jesus told him that that was sinful. So we had to break up and we also broke up because like the relationship was not working anyway. (laughs) Like the high school relationship wasn't working, but uh, really still a meaningful experience, even though like it mostly consisted of like making out by a pond. You know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying. Also so like, interesting and sort of tragic the ways that we minimize like relationships like that Mm. in for the sake of like of conversational fluency and like yeah like when I talk about I say like yeah and we broke up because I wasn't attracted to him at all like (laughs) like obviously I was in love with him but I wasn't attracted to him at all and that's not true like I was um pretty unattracted to him especially on the scale of how attracted I can be to another person but it it wasn't exclusively true I have memories of of hooking up with him and being really into it um it's kind of wild when you like you look back and you realize you weren't attracted to the person you were like like playing tonsil hockey with for like tonsil hockey welcome back middle schoolers I definitely have quite a few people and it's just because uh, I in my own sexual journey like had to uh, I didn't know this at the time but uh, being loved was more important to me than actually being attracted mm-hmm. to the person who was obsessed Whoa, with me. retweet <laughs> yeah like that was 100% like I was more interested in the fact that someone was obsessed with me Ooh, than obsessed. interesting choice of me words. reciprocating well, you know, when I can tell that they think that, like, the sun shines yeah, out of true. my ass, it's just really, like, addictive. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so interesting. That's what what turned me off, ultimately. But maybe it, I realized a couple things. In my, like, in that three-year relationship, I realized, A, that he felt that way about me. That the sun shined out of your ass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And B, that he was in love with the 18 year old version of me yep. that he fell in love yep. with yep, 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 and I mm-hmm. as a fundamental aspect of myself am a person who is constantly learning and growing and changing and trying new things and seeing how they fit um and it was bananas upsetting to him every time that I did something that 18 year old me wouldn't have done that's so funny because that was very much my experience with my high school boyfriend really and to this day, I mean, like, we are, uh, a decade later, we are still navigating what it means Present to be in, our, in relation to one another. But, um, yeah, he, I would say one of the biggest obstacles in that journey has been his inability to or his unwillingness to experience me as I am now. Mm. Yeah. And that manifests in a lot of different ways, but is, is exactly what you're talking about. Ashgov, what, what do you consider 
especially like now, like looking back on it, what did you consider like losing your virginity, quote unquote, back then? And what do you consider now? Oh, it's such a juicy question. Mm. Did did Suze give you a little preview of, of my musings? No. In my experience, everyone's thoughts on this specific question are generally like a little juicy. Ooh, fun. Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait to talk about it all around the little triangle here. Um, for me, so yeah, growing up in high school and being like, I'm a straight girl. Nothing's weird about me. <laughs> Being gay is weird. Isn't that, that so would be fun? weird. I don't like uh, no shade, no homo, but uh, <laughs> no homo, but not me, homo. Not me. Whenever a girl would come out as gay in high school, which is like once a year, an event, really, really? juicy <laughs> gossip. Yeah, juicy gossip. Um, whenever that would happen, I would like sit myself down and be like, "All right, Ash, hmm. sit down, have a think, have a think. Are you gay?" gay? And I'd sit there and I'd scratch my little keppy. I thought that thought. And I said, no, I guess I'm not. Well, well it would have been okay if I was. It's, it's too bad. It's a shame. But no, I'm just a straight girl. <laughs> so being the straight girl that I knew that I was, having examined it once a year, uh, I assumed that losing my virginity would be when a penis, penis. in my vagina. Vagina. No matter how many times or how vigorously but like the second that the peen entered a little bit that would be that would be the, like the virgin not virgin dichotomy and now and now i'm a virgin llgk uh Wait, so so by my high school the, standards I'm did, a virgin. The, did the peen enter the vagine never not, not once. once not one peen i forgot about that yeah how could you forget? I don't know. There's been a yeah, lot. Yeah, boasting about your work Here I am. I apparently know all of your life. sex life, and I can't even remember one simple fact. <laughs> you know what's interesting? You guys know the phrase "gold star gay." Oh, yeah, yes. I do. It's like it's like a very will and grace term. Anyway, but no peen in the vagina. No in the vagina. So what? What, what, what's your, do you even like identify with the concept of, I mean, I don't identify with the concept of virginity and I've had plenty of peen in my vagine. Yeah, no, I've I've blown it up for sure. Because here's what happened for the little lash. Blown it? You've blown it up? Uh, For the record, I've never blown it. Have you not blown it? Never have blown it. Wow. I'm learning so many things I claim to know. Yeah, seriously. You talk no, about I didn't game, claim to know but, these things. Uh yeah, so here in my little old life, I uh go about my business, uh doing things with dudes, um, aka um oral sex that I did not reciprocate. Um Oh, that is the best way to receive oral sex. Most of the times I wasn't into it, except for one person who sure. I hope you'll uh, bleep this out but of course um, did a such a good job that I had to be like and I had never experienced purposeful sexual pleasure before this and I was like blown away and petrified (laughs) yeah uh because wasn't expecting it and uh obviously was like losing some control for the first time and did not at all understand that that was going to be a part of it and I was like a terrifying feeling so terrifying and I was like (laughs) I need you to stop because like I I, I'm like starting to make noises that I (laughs) thought that I was supposed to be able to control and like that's and he was like 
you're just gonna have to like get over that if you're gonna do <laughs> sex stuff now. like I can stop if you want me to but uh but like, like are you sure you want me to yeah and I was like oh yeah stop and then I like he like left and I like couldn't think about anything else oh for naturally it. yeah did you come no okay no a couple months later though I bought a vibrator and I did nice and that after I did was that was that your first orgasm yeah really yeah good for you thanks ash <laughs> although actually like similar to like the conversations that we had long ago back in college like mm-hmm. what even is an orgasm you know what i mean so like probably when i was a kid and crossing those legs i probably had some kind of orgasm yeah but again not an intentional orgasm so right. hard to that's so interesting i was having orgasms for many 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 years before i realized that that's what they were like was huh. was getting into the heat of my sexual relationship like awakening with my high school boyfriend before things Uh were really like heated in a way that I would interpret as sexual at this point in my life like everything was above above board above clothing but I was (laughs) I was (laughs) I was having orgasms all aboard yeah and it took me I think it took me until he started having orgasms to realize that what was happening to me were orgasms and this was putting him on blast a little bit here but like the things were getting hot and heavy so like he he was coming in his pants (laughs) (laughs) you know so like it was happening to both of us like coming in our pants that shocked me the first and only (laughs) time that happened to a guy i was hooking up with uh it really yeah i Oh man, I think it's still embarrassing to think about. Then they have to walk around. I know, I know, and he was so mortified. One time he was wearing shorts, and I remember he he like came on me, and I remember just being like, "What?" He just like jumped up from the couch right quick, and I was like, "What's going on?" And then I was like, "Why am I wet?" And then it was like, "Because you're at the place." And we couldn't talk about it. God, oh man, being fifteen is really hard. (laughs) <laughs> uh, whoever edits this can you please play it when you're 15 somebody tells you they love you you're gonna believe them when you're 15 but what was your first vibrator where'd you get it oh oh my god i bought it with susanna oh yeah i forgot about that it was 50 shades of gray i bought the same one <laughs> I had bought I it know. previously and then it broke and I recommended it to you, but it broke. You had bought it before we, oh. Yeah. I, I got it. I already know that you both paid so much money. So much money. Such a no. shitty vibrator. It was like $50. 50 40 I think it was 40 It was cheap. I don't, I don't think I would have paid 50 It was cheap. That's not That's cheap. Not I paid like much. $8 now. Will you pay eight dollars for a vibrator? Yeah, whatever. Amazon. Wow, you should listen. You should re-listen to the Amazon episode. Dear listeners, please listen to episode four. Do not buy sex toys from Amazon. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did have a good expert um, on there. Side note: I've bought all of my current two. I've only owned two. Um, yeah, really? Amazon. Yeah. I, the well, yeah. Last year, uh, my uh, former partner and I broke up, and I went out and I bought myself a hundred and fifty dollar. Uh, prize uh what is that called a uh consolation what is it no what is it uh rebound yeah (laughs) well i guess you could put it that way yep i have a i have a question that also ties to me giving a fun fact and the uh and the question fun fact is uh uh so scientists didn't know the full anatomy of the clitoris until 2007 
when did you know that you, when did you know about your clitor? I love <laughs> I love the way you framed that. I want it as it, like it, it is very exam question, like a, a final open response. I love it. it. Is. <laughs> But um, that is true. We did uh, the, like full anatomy not discovered until like super recently. Everyone. Well, gets... the question. Oh, well, I, I just want to make sure the question that you're asking. Yeah. When did she discover her clitoris, or when did she discover the full anatomy of the clitoris? <laughs> Which as she we're said, talking. We're talking all we're together. Talking about you, Ashka. Oh, it's me. I it's you, it. honey. You're in the wet seat. Oh boy. <laughs> are you guys not in the wet seat? No, we are the wet seat, baby. <laughs> oh yuck. <laughs> Um, uh, for those who don't know, the clitoris is actually quite enormous. Um, it's like larger than the male. Um, what do you call that system? Um, <laughs> oh, words fail me. Um, yeah, it goes up inside the body. Ashley has a um a ring that she wears that uh is the a teaching tool, really a teaching tool. <laughs> and yeah, Ash, yes, it's yes, effective yes. because I actively remember it and think uh, it, I actively think that that is the first time I understood the extensive systematic nature of the mm. clitoris so thank when you. did you first discover your clitoris do you recall um well when I was 14 uh my dear friend and I walked to a football game and he was like he said something like the clitoris and it became clear that I didn't know what it was and Uh-oh. he was like Okay, this is something you should know. And I had a clitoris mansplained to me. That's a oh god that that's unfair because he truly was just like giving me the information that right. he had. Um, but which was was it good information? Good intel? Yeah, he gave me like the working understanding um, that it was like the most like sensitive, like mm-hmm. erogenous, like uh, connected to orgasm. Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tool good on, good on Johnny. Good on fourteen-year-old Johnny. Yeah, he was like, "You should try. You should touch it." And you I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> and then uh, use probably using that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey vibrator. Mm-hmm. Well, which I mean, um, I feel like the way I broke that was overuse. No, you said that you put it in I, the fucking bath. I think I took it in the bath, yeah, and I don't think it was waterproof. My current one is very waterproof. Not for that amount of money. It was definitely not waterproof. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't. She <laughs> died on me. I was really in need, too. Oh, man. The I, so, vibrator? When was that? Because I didn't get that till senior year. It was senior year. I had my yeah. first orgasm when I was 22 years old. Please play 22 by Taylor Swift. She, does she really have a song called 22? <laughs> yeah, she does. Kill me. <laughs> no! But, uh, Ashley, you have been, I feel, uh, Susanna keeps referring to this story, uh, around your not virginity. Um, tell, why don't you tell listeners why I feel so intimately related to your sex life? So I'm sure this story has many other meanings for you, but that's, that's my, uh, doesn't have that many meanings for you. take. <laughs> Um, so some context is that, uh, 
So this is when I was 20, when we were, all three of us were studying abroad together. And so long ago, man. It was so long ago. Fuck. It was almost six years ago. No. Almost uh, six years ago. So uh, at age 20, I was only using pads for when I was menstruating. Menstruating. Because I once used a tampon. I once worked up the courage to use a tampon. It does take some courage. Again, I had some vagina trauma, so it was uh, tricky to take the leap there, but I I took the leap. I went for it. Uh, Felt pretty proud of myself. And then, you know, uh, four to six hours go by. You don't want to get toxic shock, so you you tug tug, and uh, nothing was happening, and I panicked (laughs) and my mom told me to take a little bath and uh I did and maybe because of the like absorption of the water um she fell right out and all was fine but I was like never doing that again uh so For, for those um without vaginas the vagina is a muscle and it can be tensed or relaxed and um, particularly as a new user of any kind of instrument that's going to, not even new user, just as a, as a user of any instrument that's going to be up in your vajay, it takes a certain amount of relaxation to, uh, to get that either in or out. And as a young person, that can be a totally both foreign idea and immensely intimidating because there's tons of stress involved about like, Getting this thing out of your body, but to stress about it is going to be the least helpful thing. Absolutely. It's petrifying. I'm going to give that a yes, but because, <laughs> uh, yes, all of those things are true. And those were all of the things that I were tell- was telling myself um, in that mini little story I just told you <laughs> and in the story that you're about to hear. And yet it turned out to uh, be a much more colossal obstacle <laughs> than that. An obstacle I've seen with these very eyes. Thank God. Needed it. Uh, So here we are, 20 years old. Yes, I was 20 years old. I was living, I was living with two people who I was becoming really close with, uh, both of whom had uh, sexualities and like, and (laughs) relationships with sexual experiences, um, whether they were like currently having it or whatever. Uh, and so for the first time in my life, I was very close to people who mm-hmm. were having sex and I, uh, looked up to them in a lot of ways. Uh, and so when they found out that I, and also, right, like I was like the baby who like didn't have sex. Uh, so when they found out that I didn't use tampons, they were like, what we're going to empower you mm-hmm. you are a woman with a vagina and <coughs> you can use tampons mm-hmm. we are going to help you empower yourself as a woman with a vagina and i was like cool these cool girls <laughs> help me use a tampon for real and so they uh like guided me towards putting it in and I had like completely forgot what had happened to me before (laughs) which was that putting it in was fine and taking it out was awful and so uh completely forgot that put it in and uh we all celebrated you're like oh my gosh you did it I'm using a tampon it's successful and then (laughs) (laughs) which is worth being celebrated for sure 
And then they, uh, they left, they like had class. And while they were in class, it was at that four to six hour mark where one would take out the tampon. I grabbed <laughs> the string. The string, uh, listeners, is a common function on a tampon. <laughs> it's attached to the part that's inside your vagina and you tug it. And typically it would uh, exit your womb. It's not vagina. your womb. <laughs> your vaginal canal. <laughs> and I gave a little tug tug and nothing happened except that I felt a wall block the tampon inside me and say none shall pass (laughs) (laughs) and I said this isn't good but I'm having memories the last time I I took a bath and so we're gonna it's gonna be okay we are not panicking vagina muscles we are not panicking (laughs) unfortunately there weren't any uh, available baths in this uh, castle turned dorm room and I instead uh, sat on the floor of a communal shower oh my with my bare ass and yes. told myself to relax <laughs> and uh, spent about a half hour trying to coax that tampon out of me. Wasn't happening. Uh, became petrified. Uh, went back to my room, panicked for a little bit. Again, both of my roommates were in class and I did the only thing that one would do in in an emergency, which is knock on the door of your next door neighbor. (laughs) Which happened to be me. Also, I would say next closest friend, question mark, apart from your Probably. I I put you in a similar place that I put them to. Like, I I put you on a higher, Mm. like, plane. Interesting. um, As well. So I was intimidated to go to you with this. Um, Not even But I was very game. Let it be known. Uh, Very into it, some would say. (laughs) because I have memories of you like (laughs) of you like complimenting my naked body and being like this is what happened this isn't why I had you here this is what happened a petrified Ashgov shows up at your door she tells you she needs your help and it involves her vagina (laughs) you calmly answer yes it's not a pickup line (laughs) and exit your room to enter hers where she, in a dress with no underwear on, proceeds to reveal her <laughs> vagina to you. In such circumstances, there is little to do otherwise, other than to calm a girl down and be like, by the way, you got a nice, uh, you got a nice butt. <laughs> I believe I said that after the fact, though. Maybe, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I have, it wasn't I'm, like you lifted up your dress and I was like, nice butt, <laughs> No, but I have memory. Maybe it was after the fact, but I remember you like saying like, hey, nice bod. And then clarifying with, no, you have a nice vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like me. I don't really remember what she looks like. I do remember the, uh, the revelation as it were. Sure. Why don't you describe the revelation? So we, we got into Ashgov's room. (laughs) I'm throwing her a bone, Ash. Book of revelations. Um, and Ashley told me that she was having trouble getting her tampon out and it felt like it was stuck on something. And I told her that I would be okay. happy to look if that is what she needed. And she said, yes, that is what she needed. With tears in her eyes. At which point she spread her legs and lifted her skirt. <laughs> I don't remember. When, did I like really just like duck my head in between your legs from an underneath point of view? Probably, man. Yeah. Probably. Um, at which point I discovered that the tampon 
um, as she had identified, was in fact stuck on something. What was it stuck on? Well, um, I told her that I saw what she was talking about. It appeared to be a very um, thin flap of skin. Yeah, I also, for those of you who have never, like... Ah, you're giving it away! Shit! Go ahead. All right, so, I'll, I'll give this tidbit after so you. So my recollection is that I said to Ashley, I see what you're talking about. Let me be right back. <laughs> I will do some Googling, and we will figure this out. <laughs> I twiddled my thumbs all alone by myself in my room, sent panicked emails to both of those roommates. Lord knows why she couldn't do the Googling herself, but it's fine. I did the Googling. <laughs> I came back and said, my dear Ashgov, it would appear that what your tampon is stuck on is your hymen. Hymen, hymen, hymen. So apparently, when ordinarily, one likes to think that when a, ha- uh, a hymen uh, ruptures, tears... I thought you were going to say that. Ruptures? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it splits right down the middle, and conveniently, the hymen recedes to the sides of the vagina, allowing for a clean opening for penetration. BT dubs, guys, if you've never Googled all of the shapes that a hymen can take... Do it. Do it. it. Seriously, do it. It's surprising. It's very exciting. My previous perceptions, I'd love to hear yours as well, ladies. Um, My previous perception of what, or imagination really, of what a hymen would be was a, like a wall of thin skin across the whole vagina but like like latex like like a balloon is what you know, I that is really still like kind of what i think really how about yeah, you and adam ruins everything about this and uh they have like a sex education episode and they literally explain it by um you know like on football fields like the things that teams run through like yeah. <laughs> when they go on the field so they explain it as like this is how people think a hymen is, and it's like a football team like running through like one of those like paper <laughs> things, and then like what it actually is is like it kind of looked more like uh like it could be a lot of different things is what they said, but they're like it's actually like more like just like webbing on the side, and so there's actually like a hole for like the and so the football players like hop through a hole instead <laughs> of like breaking the paper, and I was like, huh. well and see i mean my perception of my hymen i mean and you're unique in this way ashka in that like you have a relationship with your hymen and i have no relationship because my i never knew my hymen like my Um, my hymen tore or got herself out of the way like long before she showed herself out she showed herself out long before it ever would have been an issue yeah you know, i mean i played years of sports and yeah you yeah but it's different for everybody so yeah, yeah. um so Ash, do you have a relationship yeah with I, I no i I think it's I think I'm similar to Susanna in that like she could be still perfectly right intact I don't she know. Could be intact and I wouldn't know it because <laughs> I definitely don't have any like recollection of like a really painful sexual experience or mm. even like you know I horseback rode for a little bit like that shit will yeah. go mm. that'll be get classic. it so point being the hymen can tear in many ways one of which is that it leaves basically like the opening is created on either side of the hymen as opposed to being a hole in the middle of the hymen such that you have like a string of skin, right? I mean, that 
yeah, you're describing what my hymen is, but right. I don't know that there was tearing. Right, right. I don't know that there was tearing either. No, but that... You were describing the way that my hymen is as a result of tearing on either side of those things. And I don't you're right. know or think that that is the case mm-hmm. in my body. So maybe, um, yeah, maybe a better way to describe it is that like what we would assume as a a surface that would tear conveniently through the center to allow penetration through the center is not always the case. Is not always the case. Yeah. yeah. Which is to say that Ashgov's tampon came right smack down on that hymen. Yeah. And had happened beforehand as well. And, uh, uh, just, I guess, because I didn't have to problem solve because it came out, uh, by the way, uh, listeners who can't see this, Susanna is Googling hymen and we are looking at images. We're looking at so many. Um, that one's mine. So Ashley has what's called a septate hymen. You should just Google hymen and you will, you will really get a lot of results. It's surprising. And the thing about, the thing about a septate hymen is that, so you have that, that bit of skin that, uh, is available to touch when it is septum band of tissue when it is strapping a tampon inside of you it's visible it's it's visible and open to the touch and so I was able to feel my hymen and it is um I I know that there are like medically precise terms to describe this but you know like Mm -hmm. When the the top layer of your skin is numb, but you can feel pressure, like sure. when you don't have the yeah, that's what it's like. Like if I just stroke my hymen with mm-hmm. my finger, I can't feel that because it's not pressure, and it's like I don't oh, have the nerve endings there. Um, but if I press it, I can feel it, which is why right. I felt bold enough to suggest what Susanna. She wanted to snip it with some scissors Mm. you know because our (laughs) cultural narrative tells us that one way or another it's got to go it's true and so i said this might be the perfect time and i shrieked at her that that was a wildly um irrational and uh unsafe irresponsible decision to come to so recently after identifying her hymen but what's so interesting is that I use tampons regularly now and don't have this issue. Do you, so you don't have to like actively move your hymen no. aside in order to, interesting. I know. And I would know what to do now. If Are you still um, in, can you still touch your hymen? I was able to uh, senior year. But you haven't like gone looking for her since? No. Okay. I'll let you know. I can give you, an update. I would be curious if it, if it is still um, intact in the same way. That's actually a fair question. Yeah. 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 I'll have to do some uh, research. Some wink, wink. Digging, as it were. Digging really is what it is. <laughs> so when do you think that, when did you like identify, like we've talked about all the times when you were like, nope, I'm not gay. <laughs> but like, when, when was that moment where like you feel like, I don't know, I guess uh, you felt more like the sexual self that you are today. Uh, Well, it was a journey. It wasn't a moment. Um, And it took a bunch of steps in uh, the romance piece and the sexuality piece and the Mm -hmm. the sexual orientation piece. Mm -hmm. Um, The sexual orientation piece came all at once. 
I (laughs) (laughs) became infatuated with this girl at camp. Completely out of nowhere. Um, Always camp. Oh my God, always camp. It was was this bananas all-consuming thing. Uh, That was huge. So that was kind of an abrupt, like, you're queer. You can be open to, like, thinking about women this way, too. Um, I started, like, um, like, hooking up with and dating women pretty soon following that. Now being in a, a relationship with a woman where, like, all three of those things intersect for the first time. Those things being mm-hmm. sexual orientation, romantic, romantic life and sexuality. Yeah, I guess it's really only the two though, right? Like sexual orientation is kind of irrelevant yeah. to like my experience with another right, individual. Right. So I guess it's really just uh, sexual experience mm-hmm. and and romance. Um, it's the first time that those things have intersected. Um, yeah. and, and how long yeah. have you guys been together? Almost three years. Yeah. Three years in like a month. Yeah. I know. (laughs) She's the best. So, uh, Ashka, does, uh, this is a weird question, but I guess like now where you're at right now and like understanding sex and sexuality in yourself, uh, is it like wildly different? from when you were trying to figure it out as like a young teenager yeah oh my god it's so different well partially because I I wasn't even really trying to figure it out as a young teenager because I I was petrified to um and I didn't imagine that having comfortable sex with a partner that you trust would Mm -hmm. be uh not really a prescription right like even the way that we talk about sex to each other is that like you build up with foreplay and then you have the same kind of orgasm that you have every time (laughs) and then it's over and you go again or you cuddle or you do something else um and it has been really cool to like be so comfortable with the person and to be like whoa like I know it didn't seem like it but like like I just came and that was so weird. Like, what was that from the outside? Like, mm-hmm. like, what was that from, from the perspective of what you were doing to me? Like, did you know? To, like, it, it's it's just different every time. And it's so cool to be able to, like, process that and figure it out with someone. Um, yeah. In the same way that, like, yeah. when you talk to someone about your experience about anything and you hear their responses, you learn more about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. that's the same thing with sexual experiences for me. But I've only been like comfortable and um mm-hmm. attracted enough with one person to be able to have like that valuable of an experience I feel that because yeah I think I feel like 99.99999% of people that I've had sex with sorry anyone who decides to <laughs> you know what I, I I feel bad for any of my past sexual partners that listen to this podcast um because I feel like I'm pretty brutal because I I say that like I was so petrified of knowing myself Mm. that I didn't actually get anywhere. And I feel like that's kind of what you're describing where it's like, even if you were like figuring yourself out or like not trying to figure yourself out or whatever, it's like until you're actually in like a safe place with like a human being, you can't actually do the work kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put yourself in a position where you are taking risks at all to be able to assess Mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah. 
thank you it was so, so fun much. i loved chatting with you ash i've missed you i miss you too and i'm glad that i this is also like it's a, a fun way to catch up in a really intimate <laughs> personal way the perfect way <laughs> special thanks to our incredible podcast artist rebecca Tadaro, our co-producer billy coles and uh ashgov i'm gonna uh, thank you a million times just because you were so open and honest this whole time and I-, I think it's something that people don't recognize that like guests have to come on here and be superheroes and uh we appreciate it um don't forget to like us share us and connect with us on instagram facebook or twitter probably instagram and if you want some awesome original sex stream artwork on a t-shirt sticker purse tapestry of your liking go to our Redbubble store and please remember that you can send all of your burning questions and funny stories completely anonymously on our new google form which you can find in the podcast description and to all you listeners out there don't forget stay wet